You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard Autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, the special man of the hour, Lou, the chosen one, Moreno. (laughs) (laughs) My golden boy industries. (laughs) The chosen one. Uh, This is a fun, this is going to be a fun episode because uh, tomorrow, as of today, so actually, the day that this episode airs, because yeah. we're recording this on Monday, and this episode's going to air tomorrow on Tuesday, is Lou's birthday. Oh, yeah. I get to say goodbye to my 20s and hello to my 30s. That's right. So you're turning 30, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to do an episode reflecting about your career and lessons that you've learned, and let's even talk about things that you're excited about in the future. Sure. Uh, but first, let's do a little bit of shout out to Loughton Audio. Oh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about these microphones? Yeah. So, one, today we're actually recording our episode on just kind of a funny whim. Like, normally you see people use podcast mics, but uh, I just got back my second Eden from Lawton Audio, which, uh, if you guys know anything about me, it's that my favorite mic to record vocals with is the Eden from Lawton Audio. Sponsoring uh, the show. Oh, yeah. They're our sponsor. They've sponsored me as an engineer in the past. They've, uh, when I had no other mics I could trust in the studio, they were able to send me out one just to get the project done. I love them to death. I I can't say enough about how well they take care of their people. But um, honestly speaking, we're recording through a lot in Audio Eden, which is the tube mic of my choice uh, that I really love the sound of. It's got three voicing patterns on it, um, forward, neutral, and gentle, which I always like to describe as Forward is that modern-day hip-hop kind of sound, pop music. Neutral is like that really great like rock, very mid-forward kind of sound. Um, and I like gentle, especially if I'm doing some soul, like some R&B, some smooth mm. vocals. So it's like three mics in one. It really is. And especially if you play with the filter patterns. 
like you can really get really nice tones. So like right now, uh, both of our mics are set to forward with the second filter engaged and in a figure eight pattern just to make our sound a little bit tighter. Some nerdy stuff. Some yeah. nerdy stuff. Yeah. Some good stuff though. Um, so because of that, because it is Lou's thirtieth birthday, because the big three O. Damn. We I wanted to ask Lou some questions about your past. And it's so funny. We've been business partners for Almost a year now. No, I want to say... Well, no, we've known each other over a year, but you're right. We've known each other over a year. We started business in August. So, okay, a little bit over half a year. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny. We're old enough. When you get older, you kind of start to realize how pointless it is to talk about your past because there's just way too much of it, maybe. (laughs) There's more to talk about when you consider the concept of past versus future. Yeah, there you go. So, um... That's a great way of putting it. And so because of that, I want to take this time to basically ask you some questions um, and kind of give you the opportunity to speak to the audience, speak with me about things that you've learned, things that you've taken away from your career. Um, And starting off with, uh, and I think this is going to cover a lot of different things, so feel free to go on a tangent, but keep it within the realm of music, audio, and, and the career that you've developed from it, right? And so I guess the first question is, when was it that you decided that music was your thing? Um, I remember being in fifth grade wanting to attend like a school more related about music because there was an artist named Anthony Hamilton who really kind of stood out to me. And um, Since fifth grade? Since fifth grade, yeah. Huh. And it was kind of crazy because I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do in music, but... Um, all I knew is that something about it just kind of really stood out to me. So then I wanted to learn how to play guitar and things like that. So I, I really started playing guitar when I was like 17. Um, and my best friend in high school really encouraged me in that. And I, I didn't realize at the time how helpful that that sense of support and encouragement was. My mom actually bought me my first acoustic guitar. Um, my grandmother bought me my first electric guitar, which is here in the studio. It's the purple Jay Terser that I hang on the wall. Um, and it's, it's funny, like those, those serve as like iconic, uh, instruments for, for the last 10, 11 years as to part of like the start of it all. But I really, I guess you could say I started in engineering when I was 18. You know, my band was making some cool music. Uh, I wanted to record it, but we couldn't afford to go to the studio. So I guess the second follow-up question is when did you realize that you want to be an engineer? Cause I mean... You, you didn't realize you wanted to be an engineer until 18, but you were talking about liking music since fifth grade. So yeah. what made the jump from being a creator or an artist or producer to, to produce and then, um, well, I guess, I guess to become a producer instead of a consumer? Not a producer yeah. in the musical sense, but I mean like a producer. A producer a, of a product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the crazy thing is um, it, it goes back to that whole support system. Um, my friends and, you know, I like to call them my best friends. Uh, uh, Chris, John, Kenneth, Joseph. Um, Shout out to Chris, John, Kenneth, and Joseph. I like how you got all those names in one shot. Dude, I can never do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst guy. When you meet me at a party, I will ask you your name five times. <laughs> and I will still forget it. <laughs> but um no, it was it was kind of cool because like they actually 
like my friend Joseph and Chris really liked the recordings that I had, but Kenneth and John always had notes as to where they could be better, what we should have done, this and that. And as I started getting better at it, like I noticed that some of my friends were asking me to help them record themselves and um, I started getting really nitpicky with myself about like, yo, like I could do this better, I could do that better. And then I started realizing like, yo, I actually have a lot of people asking me for my help. Like I should really try to find a way to monetize this. I took a job at Guitar Center and then I started finding some local clients like schools that needed uh, like a local engineer to help set up a sound or uh, run a live event or record some, you know, local groups as part of like Battle of the Bands and things like that. Um, and once I realized I was able to do it, like officially when like when I was 20, like when I started getting good at it, um, that's when I really made the decision, like, I should really pursue this. And I started looking into schools. Start, I actually opened my first studio at about like 20 and a half to 21 years old. That's crazy. So, yeah. uh, I wonder if this is more of a recent thing. I feel like recently engineers and definitely producers, producers a little bit longer and and much more so at that, um, they've started to become more in the limelight. Mm -hmm. You know, people are really crediting their engineers, mix engineers really hard. Um, people are crediting the producers really hard. I mean, most beats nowadays still have the beat tags on them crediting the producer uh, in the limelight, not just in the back end. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I know that the culture has kind of shifted and has been shifted. Do you think that when you got into engineering that it was still kind of – it was still kind of like a pretty niche thing that happens out of necessity? Do you think that your story of coming to find out that you liked engineering was a pretty common story during that time? Or do you think it's still common now, that, that exact archetype of becoming an engineer, the storyline? I feel like it's less nowadays than it was before, because nowadays uh, the content creator is praised more than the than the team behind that content. If that makes sense, you know, it's it's like saying the boy band, but Justin Timberlake was the one that everybody focused on. You know what I mean? But um, you know, engineers not always had a lot of uh, uh, I guess light, uh, but you had people like Andrew Ships. Chris Lloyd Algae, at least when I started, 20, you know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, it was kind of funny because they were producing my favorite bands. They were engineers who then started producing bands. So the, the engineers back then that were starting out were really looking to produce. They just didn't really understand, like, the difference at that time when they were starting out. But that's because everybody, when it came down to marketing the plugins, marketing the, the new instruments, this and that, they'd say, like, oh, so-and-so engineer slash producer. But they would always talk about how they engineered the project. They never talk about, like, the role of the producer. But nowadays, you hear people talking about the role of the producer more than the role of the engineer. Yeah. So I feel like the, the, the time has shifted, you know? Yeah, I feel like people now get into it on purpose a little bit more. Yeah, like... They look for the producer role, but they know that they have to learn to engineer to get be better at being a producer. Yeah. And it's so funny. My my wife, um, shout out to her, She she's one of those weirdos. First off, she's double weird because... She chose you. <laughs> yeah, she chose me. No, she's, <laughs> but um, she's double weird because she's from Japan. So, like, not a lot of Japanese people listen to American music, at least not as much as she did. Mm -hmm. um, and second off, she's double weird because... She was also one of those avid readers of the album 
Covers. The album covers with the. She knows every name of the producer. Like she knows who produced which song with every Earth, Wind, and Fire, Fire record that we love. Mm-hmm. Like and and like to the point where. I should probably be a little bit more ashamed and should know more. <laughs> like, uh, but um, but she didn't end up bits. being a producer. And, and I think that's really cool, but I don't think that's very common. And I think that it's like a pretty cool thing um, that producers and engineers are coming up and more forward into the scene. Do you think that it's helping engineers and producers do you think that it's kind of like uh, benefiting your career that that's happening i think it is i think there's still a long way to way to go because unfortunately the the concept of crediting properly is still an issue um i think we why do you think that is um, by, by the way but let me let me preface this uh lou and i have talked about this before so accrediting means like basically being in the album cover yeah. like being in the album cover or like on the websites when it says mixed by like actually getting your name on there it doesn't mean royalties or like getting yeah. money from this it just means like getting your name on the record getting your yeah, so that's getting what, being acknowledged wh- for the why work is that, that such an done. issue you think you know um i'm not going to say which records and stuff because i don't i don't yeah, feel no, like without getting into specifics purpose. just like culturally but why like, do you think you it's know, so I've, difficult I'll, I'll give you this example i've uh, i've talked to different members of a, of a project where i say hey you know I noticed that everybody else was credited but me. What do I do? And they say, hey, you know, we'll get to it. But to be honest, after the record's released, they usually don't care to change the information. It's a, it tends to be an uphill battle because it doesn't benefit them financially to correct an issue that doesn't actually hurt them financially. Yeah, and, and I wonder... I think this is also part of the reason... And, and if you think about two things... Let, let me... Ex- I want to... Our, articulate this but one is i think this goes to show the importance of building a personal brand when you have enough followers and enough of a brand that labels want to hire you partially because you have a platform to push their artists through exactly right so i think that's really important especially as a producer and engineer and the reason why there's such big producers and people love to hire those producers i think is partially because of their social network and their platform well that's where this whole concept of the tag matters the reason that you don't see tags in rock music let's be honest you really don't like when show me a band that has beat tags on it that's yeah. really weird i mean and that but, wasn't until recently to begin with it wasn't in, exactly. on most hip hop in but, general but well there was still the shout outs and all that kind of, of stuff of course you know shout outs I mean? like but people would not really, tags not yeah, the same not tags, thing yeah but the the whole idea was this like well if you now have a platform for it the producer can then say hey keep my tag in there if you have no platform they'll just ask you to take that tag out but you know, you you'll hear like O.G. Parker. You'll hear Murder on the Beat or Murder Beats or whatever his name is. No, no disrespect. I just don't know you too well. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, realistically speaking, like they have a marketable name. Like you, you have to admit that there's value behind the name. So I think you know, the, I, engineers yeah. don't have a tag. But the funny thing is, you're right. Let's say that um, a smaller indie artist were to release a song and said mixed by Tizio. You have to admit, now you're kind of curious. Like, they paid money to have Tizio involved. Like, this must be an important record. I have to listen it, to this record. And if you don't know who Tizio is, go back to a few episodes before where we, where Lou interviews Tizio. Um, Patrizio is Chris Brown's engineer and really cool, vocal awesome producer. guy. He's a good friend. He's a he's a cool hang. You know, so really and that was overall, a really good episode. Really good guy. Good, great episode. And uh, so I think there's a lot to say with 
that cloud and being able to leverage that quite right. And I don't think you need to have a huge following, especially within the engineer world. Now, the producer world mm-hmm. is much more like you're competing with people that have millions and hundreds of thousands of followers. But in the engineer yeah. world, like Jason Joshua has, what, 40,000 followers? 50, 000, yeah, which, that's which, by the way, I want to be very, very clear. I think Gary Vee says this right when he says, uh, you should, for mental health sake, for all the above, whatever, you shouldn't ever care about how many followers you have or how many likes you get. It's not healthy. But um, the number of followers is often a good indication of how well your personal brand is doing. Because if you have a lot of clients, if you're doing a lot of work, and if you're serving those around you scalably, Mm -hmm. like for example, instead of helping one person at a time, but if you make YouTube videos and a podcast where you're serving thousands of people at a time, it's going to reflect your brand. The followers is going to reflect. So it's it's not a way to judge someone or determine someone's uh, success, but more to see how well the health of the personal brand. So um, I mean, I think that has something to say with uh, with engineers. Like even the big cats are still sub one hundred. So it's it's quite easy to compete. Yeah, and to the be engineering honest, world. if you think about it, like I guess going back to the question, I mean, nowadays like. If you really wanted uh, to to find new clients, you'd rely on some sort of online marketing, social media, website, outreach of some sort. But back when I started, maybe Facebook was an option. Instagram wasn't a thing. TikTok wasn't a thing. Twitter was kind of, but nobody was tweeting how to mix mm. vocals. You know, yeah. at least Dave Pensado for Pensado's place at the start of it. Yeah, into possibly. the layer. Yeah, into the layer. Into was, the layers uh, are good. But, YouTube um, Dave Pinsado's Into the Layer episodes. Those, those are, are great. Really They're good. old plugins. They're still completely usable. And the thing is, he was able to make hits back then. So why does your new plugin matter? Um, and he's, he does a lot with new plugins too. He's I he would does. say he's one of the kings of discovering new plugins. He's always yeah. got his hands. And he always song. uses free plugins too. Yeah, he's 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 really always learning. Yeah. Um, but to answer the original question, um, going back to why I th- why we might think it's so difficult, the second thing is honestly, um, I want to say it's difficult to get credited partially because from a higher up level, that shit doesn't matter. It to really them. doesn't. Yeah. And, and 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 this is to the them. one truth that's really hard to swallow. And I don't know if I want to say this, but at the end of the day, us as engineers, no matter how famous we get or how successful we are. I still consider our job to be an advanced, albeit you know, albeit advanced, but still a blue collar job. It is. Like we're paid to do a job. Now, if people want to give us some kind of creative control, that's based on their trust with our side of what we think is good, right? But doesn't actually correlate with anything to the music outside of can you make this sound better we've already created the product we just need you to polish it it's like taking uh what is that show that the interns watch all the time where they make swords and everything uh they, they watch a what, show or they yeah, make it's swords like swordsmiths or something like I need that to, i need to hang out with the interns more often i did yeah, not right? know that that was happening yeah that was, dude they watch it on a regular basis That's they, amazing. they pretend that they're the interns at the at the ironwork yeah. We're gonna. That's that's like a that's an intern day off. We should do that. We should go to a, like a blacksmith and do a day off. You, hey, by the way, there's a shout out. Uh, you want to intern for us because we do cool stuff like uh, all the time. Talk like we talk about how we're gonna do cool stuff. That's what we do. We talk about. We don't actually do it. <laughs> Just so you know. We need to do sumo wrestling at the beach. That's what we need to do. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, but I think I'm the biggest guy at the No, no, studio. dude, size don't matter, bro, because I can, I can use your own weight against you. I'll just sleep on you. Oh, d- n- I'll be Snorlax. D- what, no, You'll what is that? This is Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff does that. Ooh. Nels does that to me all the time in Super Smash. <laughs> I don't even know what the move is. He doesn't, she doesn't it's even up move. up B, then to a down B, and then, ching, you're out of here. That's right, that's right. But uh, No, but, um, you know, it's kind of crazy. I, I guess the... The biggest difference maker nowadays, because uh, I know a lot of engineers do a lot, uh, and then there's some engineers that are just pretty much get it done mixers, you know? Like, I just beat your rough mix, that's all I did. You know, I didn't add anything to it. I know you did tend to add a lot of creativity to it. I'll do it once in a while, but a lot of times, a lot of my clients know what they want out of the record. Um, but the funny thing is, back then, it wasn't a matter of, like, how much clout you have. Nowadays, you could just DM somebody from another country and be like, hey, I'd like to work on your music, you know, but I still really like the in-person approach. Of course. And I think that's why there's a lot of there's a lot of reason to move to bigger cities for exactly that reason. Oh, yeah. But going back to you, the star of the this episode <clears throat> um, and <laughs> <laughs> a throat fart. <laughs> it's a laugh fart. There you go. But uh, uh I wanted to go back and and go back into this in the sense that um, I wanted to ask again, and I'm sure that your answer will differ every time, but for today in this moment, um, what do you think you would tell yourself at the age of 20, 21, when you started your first studio, when you started deciding to go professional with this, right? What kind of advice would you have given yourself? Would you like to give yourself at that time? Go to every studio with your resume in hand, even if it's blank, and ask, how can I help you? I don't need anything in exchange other than the ability to learn. So I want to ask this uh, carefully, but you and I both are pretty wildly different in the sense that we have not interned for any huge studio or huge engineer, um, yet we've had relatively speaking, wildly successful careers. Oh, yeah. Um, do you have any sort of regret in that decision or or do you stand strong with the fact that that was also a good decision? I believe it to be both uh, the reason I succeeded and the reason why I failed. Uh, the reason I succeeded is because I pushed myself to get to this point. Nobody told me, hey, you need to go back and keep reading up on these microphones, reading up on how these components work and how these components differ from those components and this and that. Because let's be honest, there's I've maybe have that conversation with five people in the last 10 years. Nobody really cares about that stuff. But it made me the engineer that I am now, which is very knowledgeable, know about my products. I know how to build and design studios, which I've thankfully been able to do. Deep and broad lot. knowledge. Oh, yeah. Resilient as shit. But you know what I didn't get out of it? The ability to socialize with a lot of people. Mm. I'm already a very, um, I wouldn't say antisocial, as you've said it before. Like When I meet new people, I tend to be pretty social, but um, I'm not necessarily the first person to walk up to somebody and be like, hey, I'm Lou. Like, I did that starting out my career because it was cool. Nah, I mean, I, but, you like, say going, that, but that's how you met me is you walked up to me, bro. Hey, man, you were already there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You were, you, you you were came kind to, to me. You were kind to me. I'm a You're kind You're like, person. this guy's one lonely looking mofo. I'm going to talk to this guy so I feel better. Like, I've done my service for today. Exactly. <laughs> so, with that said, um, 
at an early age, we said this earlier, but you, you brought up how um, our brain stops really being a sponge at about the age of uh, 25, 26. People, people are already starting with the happy birthday text. It, it's really weird. I had to make a computer? post like, it's yeah, it's coming from the computer. I should. I mean, let me mute the computer yeah, real quick, but keep answering the question. Okay, so the, the big issue that I had or have of why didn't I, um, you know, why didn't I intern? Uh, as much as I probably should have. Like, I always tell people, like, an internship is better than school, and yet I went to school. Um, well, we both did, and, and we also both didn't finish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, technically, you know what's sad? I walked my stage. You did? Yeah. I just didn't complete my lab hours, apparently. Is I it? didn't either. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of like, accidentally slap my professors across the face because I, I quit after getting accepted. So they basically helped me fund my Mix with the Masters program. Nice. Uh, through, like, scholarships. Um, and it was really dope. I mean, it's, like, one of the only times that they've ever accepted scholarship funds to pay for the program. Like, so it was, like, Whoa. I was one of the first college students to ever do it. But more importantly, I quit as soon as I got back from that. So <laughs> I was just, like, thanks for all this money. And <laughs> just <left. laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, think about what you learn as an intern in the studio. Like, uh, let's take Danny, for example. Uh, Danny is one of our longest-running interns who's been here for, what, six months? I want to say about there. No, since the beginning. Um, no, no, no. Uh, oh, not, we, not the super beginning. No, it's about yeah, six months. You're right. Yeah, it's been Five, about six, six months, months, yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny thing is he came in with no knowledge of Pro Tools, just, uh, what was it, Ableton? Uh, and even then he had, like, a trial version of Ableton, I think. Um, but the funny thing is he now knows the culture of how to talk to clients, how to move throughout a session, how to actually properly prepare a session, how to act professional around certain types of clientele, how to speak to management versus creatives. Um, he's learned a lot about the professional side of the industry that even though he may not have the technical side perfectly down yet, he's already a whole step ahead of most people that don't have an internship because they take their first session in a big studio and they act like they're still recording in their bedroom. Mm. How many times have we had an engineer do a trial session with us? And I, my first complaint is, wow, they are the most unprofessional people I've ever met. Like, I don't ever want to hire those people again. It's, it's something to be said about yeah, the... The internship really teaches you how to socialize in a professional environment filled with creatives. I have, I have the next episode's topic ready to go. Um, now, you just triggered a really good memory of mine. Um, I say and write a good it down conversation. Yeah, I'm going to write it down right now. Because knowing us. Yeah, <laughs> knowing us, we're going to forget. Um, but I'm going to, but I wanted to kind of finish up this episode with uh, asking you, honestly, Lou, um, a couple things. What are some of the things that you've been most grateful for in the last 10 years of your career? You know, there's a lot of people that I'm really grateful for. People, and, experiences, things, anything. No, exactly. But it's funny because I can tie all my success to one person. I've said this before. Um, and it was the first person to really give me a, a real professional shot. And it taught me what it meant to be business partners, to to work with artists who you honestly believed in versus financial choice artists. Um, his name is Goldie. He's part of the MeFly team. I was working with like him, C-Dub, Good Book, and Pitt a lot. Um, and the funny thing is that Goldie's I was working really at... Cool. Yeah, he's come around. You I've had the him. pleasure of meeting Goldie as well. Yeah, and the cool thing is that um, along that time, like I've been with Anna 
throughout the entire time of my career. She really stuck around. She gave me multiple options to uh, focus on my career and leave our relationship behind, but I really couldn't. And she stuck by me. Uh, I got to the point where I focused so hard on my career. I almost hit 300 pounds. I'm gladly about 40 pounds less now. But um, the funny thing is she never left me once, and she was a huge support in my life, and I, I can't thank her enough for that. I'm glad to Yo, be engaged Anna's to her. Yo, Anna's a goat. She is a goat. Bah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, my friends from my bands were a huge support and everything. So the funny thing is, like, I'm I'm really proud to say that I had a support system that I never really fully acknowledged throughout my 20s like I did acknowledge that it existed but I didn't fully understand how important a support system was like in a lot of like uh I'll give you an example like uh there's this guy London he built studios for like uh Yanni Chris Brown and all of them and he would actually take me in not really knowing too much about me just off a of recommendation and everything and um gave me a chance to really show people who I am as far as like a studio designer and an integrator and because of that, I was in the room for, like, Chris Brown, Trey Songs, uh, Keish Cole, um, let me see, I've done, uh, honestly, he's done a lot of studios, to be honest, I, there's, I can't name them all. But because of that, um, he gave me a shot to be in front of these people, and because of that, I've been able to work directly for, like, Nick Cannon, Trey Songs, and all them. Um, Which, by the spoon. way, oh, I, I think that because, uh, I mean, you've introduced me to Nick as well, and... And uh, I will have to say, um, his skin is as smooth in person as it, as it looks on TV. It's kind of like weird how smooth his skin Yo, is. Yo, Nick is a really healthy dude. He's, yes. Like, I think my baby has more wrinkles than that guy does. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but yeah, man, like, it's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't think, if there's anything to learn from my 20s, it's that really appreciate your support system like you don't really know who's out there supporting you until it's been like a year later and you're like wow i really wouldn't have been here without that yeah and and honestly i kind of wanted to end this episode with this saying that um i i want to say this and regardless of your birthday uh i want you to know and I, i'll do this in public too I, I i try to say this in private but um, that I think that you are one of the most honorable and respectable people, friendly, open, optimistic, especially in a world in L.A. where it's very easily to get screwed over, where people yeah. are, are coming, flying into L.A., transplanting into L.A. with the mindset of being willing to take advantage of everyone to get to the top. And you've lived through it all, and you've probably gone through a lot of crap, and yet you still... Have you are one of the most grateful people I know, optimistic people I know, um, emotionally, like people cling to you. You're very magnetic. You're just emotionally mm. stable, and I and I know that's really weird to say because we're also <laughs> emotionally just all over the place. Yeah. But from an outside perspective, you are very emotionally stable. You're someone that is just glowing and magnetic, and mm. um, and I I really really cannot express enough how much your your uh, business as a partner, right? Your, your mm -hmm. friendship as a business partner. Um, beyond that, as a friend, last week uh, was the last week before my family finally moved out here. And uh, it was 4.20 and I just wanted to watch a movie. And, you, and I know you did this on purpose and you, you tried to play it off because you're the 
kindest motherfucker I've ever met. But you decided to stay and hang out at the studio, sacrificing some personal time just to watch the movie with me <laughs> because you didn't want me to be lonely. And, and like, I don't know anybody that would do that. And usually, especially with business partners where it's more of a professional relationship, like that is something that is inhumanely kind. And, mm. and there's a video that I was watching the other day and it was talking about the reason why humanity has progressed and continue to move forward and 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 the really the only thing that homo sapiens have been able to do that has really triggered the growth of culture society um is kindness the ability to be kind at a fuller deeper level and 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 i think it's because of people like you that the mm. world is able to move forward and to progress and and happy birthday my friend like honestly i love yeah. you like a brother and i'm really grateful for you and i'm i'm tearing up this is really sad but uh but yeah, for real though you. like you deserve everything in the world and more and i'm always here for you and i think that everybody who's listening right now should go follow at midside sound on instagram <laughs> and uh, on tiktok because he makes some funny ass tiktok sometimes <laughs> sometimes i may wear a towel as a wig <laughs> <laughs> no but um yeah, I, I am grateful for you, and you've taught me a lot. So yeah, let's. Thank you. I, I'm gonna do a one man applause for Lou. I'll do some snacks. the chosen one. <laughs> and uh, let's hear it. Happy birthday, Lou! There we go. <laughs> that was so loud. They were screaming into my ear. Hey, but on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. Hey, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug. Did you know that I write kids' books? If you have children, nieces, nephews, I have books that are totally available for free or $10 on Amazon for physical copies. You can go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash kidsbooks to get access and learn more about that. Thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.